reaching up, reaching over, and reaching out. We are New Life Christian Fellowship. For service times or recordings of our weekly messages, please visit us online at www.nlcfchurch.org. How many of you kids are waiting for Christmas Day already? How many of you are anticipating getting some great presents this year? I see a lot of hands going up. Joey, put your hand down. You're, you're past the stage already. Oh, and Anna, Annie too as well. Thank you very much. It is an exciting time of the year, isn't it? I enjoy this time of the year. It always comes, it comes and goes so quickly. And I tell myself every year, this year I'm going to slow down and I'm going to enjoy the Christmas season. And it just seems like it always seems to rush by so fast. But we are going to continue our series today. Uh, the series is called The Difference That Jesus Makes. And Randy Fair started off this series by uh, the, the sermon that was entitled to him was The Hope That Jesus Bring. The songs that we've already sung this morning are songs of hope. And the, last week, Ryan Fair uh, preached his first message here, and it was called The Peace That Jesus Brings. And so today we want to continue on with the joy that Jesus brings. And with that being said, before I even dive into the message, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that you are here this morning and your heart is filled with joy already. Like I said, this is a special time of the year, and I, my prayer for all of us would be that we don't just reflect on it this time of the year, but that we do this throughout the 365 days of the year that we have, always reflecting on the joy that Jesus brings. I have a lot of scripture verses today that I want to go through, and with, before I even dive into the opening here, I want to just read the text today, and I want us to, like, I want, put yourself in the shoes uh, mainly of the shepherds here today. That's where I want you guys to picture yourself this morning as a shepherd out, you know, minding or tending your flocks of sheep here. And when this announcement comes, I want you to feel what they felt or just to have this joy that, 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 that these angels are going to be talking about or that presenting to them, that you will feel that joy. So with that being said, let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it says this. This is the announcement of the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone, everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes or cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with their angels praising, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning, and Lord, with a thankful heart, with a joyful heart. Thank you, Lord God, for the songs that have been sung this morning already about the precious blood, the gift that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And my prayer here this morning is that we will find a new uh, way of, uh, of hearing the message this morning. Maybe we're here today and it's kind of gotten dull or boring, and I hope that is not the case, Lord. But I pray here this morning, may our spirit be renewed. May our joy be again, be fulfilled to the top, Lord, as we anticipate celebrating this time of the year. And Lord, we thank you so much for this precious gift that you have given, given us through your son, Jesus Christ. The, the word, the, the gift is priceless, Lord. Words can't describe it, Lord, when we think about what being in, in eternity with you forever will be like, Lord. So I pray this morning, may our hearts be open to, you, to receive your word. And Lord, I pray that our hearts will again be filled with joy. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was uh, preparing this message this week, um, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to ask you uh, is what brings you joy? What brings you joy this morning? Have you thought about that? Uh, is it a hobby that you may have? Is, does your hobby bring you joy? Does it fulfill the needs? Does it fulfill your needs? Uh, as a hobby can be a good thing, uh, and it's good to, to have outside activities from, from home to do something that you enjoy, it's a good thing to have. Does family bring you joy? How many of you people love family? You just can't get enough of family gatherings. Yeah, there's a few out there. Great, family is great, and they should. It should fill our hearts with joy to be with family. What about friends? Friends is another one, too, that I think we have a good, like there, I consider all of you friends. There are many, we, we all have friends, I believe. We should all have friends. And do our friends bring us joy? And I think they do. I, I, these are all good things. Vacations, when we go on vacation. I know as a family, we love going to Tennessee. It always brings us joy when we can spend time together in the Tennessee Hills eating pecan pie and eating Boston, or not Boston cream donuts, but uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. It's a small, simple thing, but it brings us joy. And then there's other things like sports. Many of you like playing sports. Soccer is a big one in the summertime. This is all things that, that can add or bring us joy in what we participate in. Some of us find joy in work. You know, when I think about people who are, you know, are either dealing with a sickness or can't go to work, I think they realize how much they miss going to work. So there is a sense of joy in that as well. I find joy in my work. I find joy in doing a job well done. When something is done really well and a project is executed well, I find joy in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And some of us find joy in animals or in pets. And I think this is not a bad thing either, uh, that we have pets that we can enjoy. They were created for that reason, to give us joy. But with all these things that I've mentioned, 
You know, do you ever feel like that there is something missing, that something is not, that there should be more? Do you find, do you always find complete fulfillment in your hobbies or whatever, all these things that I've listed here? Do you find complete satisfaction and contentment there? I, I would have to say, I think, I would say, and I think I can speak for you guys, and I, I would, correct me if I'm wrong, but all the things that we can take part in, all the things that I've mentioned that were all good things, that at some point, it's just not enough. It wasn't, it doesn't, it does not fulfill us like it should, right? And I want to point us to a very a wise man that one time, that one, at one time, denied himself nothing and thought that he would be able to find joy in the things of the world. And that is where I'm going with this, is are we relying on the things that the world has to offer to, to complete us or to fill us with joy and to sustain us? That's the question. Does this sustain you? And I've got more to say about that. But in Ecclesiastes verses 2, or chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, now this is Solomon talking, the richest man who ever lived, the wisest man who ever lived, and it says this about what he did, and it says this. I denied myself nothing, nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all of my labor. Yet when I surveyed all the things that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. This doesn't sound like a man who was content. I like this last portion here where it talks about chasing after the wind. Have you ever tried to chase the wind? Have you ever tried to capture the wind? That's how, when it looks like, like I said, all those things that we've talked about, the hobbies that we have, they're all great, but they will never complete our joy. They will never fulfill us and give us contentment to the fullest. Solomon summarized, it and, 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 uh, summarized his many attempts of finding life's meaning as chasing of the wind. We feel the wind pass through us. The wind goes through our fingers. We can't hold it. We can't hold on to this. And all of our accomplishments, big ones or small, feeling good is only temporary. It only lasts for a little while. That leads me to a question that I have to ask you this morning. Are we too easily pleased? Are we too easily satisfied? Think about that question for a bit. A story that I was trying to come up with uh, a great way to paint, a good way to paint this scenario was this, and I'm not saying this is the great example, but I find it somewhat satisfying. You know, when we off, if we see, um, all of us have probably observed a child playing with a toy, and he's playing with a stick and some stones, right? And he's playing with this toy, and he looks like he's having, he's fine. But off in the distance, just like a, a stone, not even a stone's throw away, just in sight, there is a toy box filled with toys, all kinds of toys, the latest toys, Tonka trucks, you name it. And yet we're looking at this child and saying, why are you settling for just playing with that stone and the stick when all those toys could be had there? Was that boy settling for less? Was he too easily satisfied? Or for us, as I know for myself, I love good food. And it's like if we were to walk into a restaurant and we're hungry, we're looking for something to eat, and we walk by this table and you see 
spam and crackers and, and peanut butter and little things like that. And yes, we eat it and we're filled. But the table right beside us had some of John and Dale's briskets there that were just smoking up and smelling so savory and the ribs that were there. Yet we filled ourselves with spam and crackers. Are we too easily pleased? Are we too quick to settle? Are we? If we are... Or if, we, if we're too easily pleased, if we're too quick to settle, and if our joy, when we look at what joy could be had and the joy that we have in our, in our hobbies and things like that, if we're settling for that, then I say that we're too easily pleased. There's more to be had there. And if we can't find it on earth, and I challenge you, you will not find it here on this earth. Was there something more that we should be looking for? Is there some other place we should be looking for where our joy would be made complete? And I would say this is where I would point you to Christ. Our joy is made complete when we give our whole life and live our life for Christ. And you know what? When we live our life for Christ, it doesn't matter the circumstances that we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what hardship we're in. It doesn't matter what life throws at us we can be completely filled with joy and be content when we have our thoughts, minds, and our hearts filled and, and pointing in the right direction, aiming at Christ. And I'll, I'll give you examples of this in the Bible. Paul, probably one of the most persecuted Christians ever, and his joy was made complete 100% did not matter the circumstances in Christ. And there's a few passages I want to read this morning that will identify this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. Now this is Paul talking. Listen to what he says here. And picture yourself in his shoes. Are, are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones and three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have constantly, I have been constantly on the move. I have been made, I have been in danger from rivers in dangers from bandits, in danger of my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and I have been naked. This is Paul's experience. This has been Paul's life since he gave his life to Christ. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, 4 through 7, it, tell, it tells us about Paul's response to this. It says here, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, and the peace which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
See, it didn't matter where Paul found himself, whether in prison, and all those things that he listed where he was at. He was filled with joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength is what Nehemiah said. And all the things that Nehemiah encountered, he found his strength first and foremost in Christ. And Christ came. We now have that same joy. And why did he come? I want to just back up before I get into that part there. Is that, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, maybe not all of us have here have experienced any of this, but have any of you ever, ever, ever had a health scare where it seems like now would be the end? Like there are people that, that we know that have gone through this. I know somebody at work is dealing with this now. But there is something to be said about someone who has accepted whatever fate God has placed in your, in your path, whether it is a disease that you're dealing with or persecution or you're, you're wrongfully convicted of something and you're in jail for it, suffering for that. When we can find our joy and our peace in Christ, there's something beautiful about that. It's not only does it um, give us peace, but it also, the people that are around us, they take notice of that as well. There is no doubt that when Paul, when what he was going through and all the stuff that he struggled with, the joy of the Lord was abundantly clear in his life, the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he um, even um, encountered the same people that were persecuting him, the love that he showed them, it was a result of the joy that he had from Christ. What do you do with someone who is so sold out for Christ, who has given their life, and it doesn't matter what comes back at them, they will find joy? That is where we are today. That is the message that I want to present to you today, is that today, again today, for, for those of you who have maybe never given your life to Christ, today is that day. Maybe today is the day. Christ came, and there's three reasons why Christ came. The first one is that Christ came to call sinners to repentance. Luke chapter 5, verses 29 through 32 says this, then Levi held a great bank banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to, the, to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, and he said this, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, but to, but to sinners to repentance. You see, this message is for every single one of us. Not just for the Christians or the Jews or the Gentiles. It's for every single body, every living body in the world. That is the message that Christ, that Christ has come for this purpose. To call us into repentance to, and to accept him as Lord and Savior. So Christ came for those that were lost. The second reason why, came, why Christ came. And it says Christ came to give his life as a ransom for all. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says this, My dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but, for all, but also for the sins of the whole world. Let that sink in just for a little bit. Christ came, and the, the spilled blood the spilled blood 
is enough to forgive past, present, and future sins and for every single person in the world. And the third reason why Christ came, that Jesus came to give eternal life. Romans 3, 23 through 26 says this, For all have sinned. All, have, all of us, none of us are righteous. All of us have a need for a Savior. For all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God, in his gracious kindness, declares us not guilty. He has done this through Jesus Christ, who has freed us by taking away our sins. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins and to satisfy, satisfy God's anger against us. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus, Jesus shed his blood and sacrifice and sacrificing his life for us. First John also goes on to say, First John 1, 8 through 10, and this is if we say, for those who think that they don't have need for a savior, if we say we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. But if we confess, this is the part that comes in, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and, and just to forgive us. When we come before Christ and we confess that we have a need for a Savior, that we are sinners and we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, it says there that Christ forgives our sins. And He will cleanse us from every wrong. And if we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our heart. In John 3, 16 and 17, is probably the most well-known verse in the world. And again, this is the reason why Christ came. He gave, came to give us eternal life. John 3, 16 and 17 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. And I want to go back a little bit. In just a few minutes, I want to go back a bit to the scripture verse that we've already read today where this announcement was made that Christ had come into the world. the joy that the shepherds must have experienced. And one of the things that I want to highlight a little bit too, and I want to read this part uh, again from the verses that we read earlier today, is that our joy is made complete when we share our joy. What would it have been like here this morning if Dale and Judy, when they had their baby, didn't tell anyone about it? They had the joy. They're, they were bubbling over with joy. They had their new baby made, yet never said anything, never said anything to anybody. How much joy is there in that? A new baby is something that we all can rejoice in. And when we share that joy, it makes our joy complete. When we share our joy, it makes everything complete. How is it, I mean, this is probably a lot less of a scale. I really like the fact that we had the baby dedication because it went so well with it. But when you get a new car, how excited are you to share that news? You know, it's probably a menial thing. Or how many times have, I've even seen in our church group, whenever there's somebody that has a song that just really spoke to them, you find, you fulfill that joy when you share that song, right? I mean, how many of you have not done that? Great song, you listen to it, and your joy is complete now that they've heard that song. They're sharing, they're rejoicing, and they're sharing that joy with you. And how about, about when Eva had cancer, and when she beat that, how many of you rejoiced with her? 
And when she shared that, when she was cancer-free, how many of you rejoiced with her, shared in that joy? We share that. Joy is contagious. And I'll, when we look back at um, the, the conversation that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well, an interesting conversation. They were talking, going back and forth, and Jesus, talking to the Samaritan woman, which did not normally happen, Jesus would not talk to women by themselves. But it was in this conversation that Jesus presented the living water to this woman. And this woman realized that this was Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. And what did she do? When she found out who this was, she had the joy inside of her. And what did she do? It says that she ran back into the town. And she, whoever would listen, she shared and expressed that joy. And as a result of that, more people came to know Christ. Our joy is not complete until we share this joy. Nearing, to, nearing the end here, and I want to just go back a bit again to the verses we read this morning, or as we started this message. From the book of Malachi to the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence, of God not speaking. No prophets, no nothing. What must those people, how, how must they have felt when they haven't heard from God or a prophet in 400 years and yet still being oppressed by the Romans, still a lot going on? 400 years of silence. And then this announcement comes. I want to read verses 8 through 20 again here and just the anticipation of hearing, always hearing that God had promised the Messiah. For years and years, this is what they, the family would pass on to the family. God has a plan. God will send the Messiah. 400 years of waiting, and this announcement comes. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, at the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things up and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. They had at last, they had heard a word from God, the promise of the Messiah, the Messiah was here. They no longer could contain that joy. They went and they spread it. And it says here, the last part of the verse here, that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Can I ask a question this morning? How long has it been since you've heard from God? Are we, do we find ourselves kind of in the same boat as these Jews did back in the day 
waiting to hear from God? I know sometimes as we, we walk in our faith, sometimes things can kind of seem dull and boring, or we just kind of, it just becomes mundane. And today I want to say, let these passages speak to you this morning. Let the thrill, let the joy that these shepherds had and these people had fill you. 400 years of silence. And maybe if you'd ha- obviously for you it hasn't been that long. But read these verses and the promise that we have in Christ, the gift of salvation, of eternal life with God forever in heaven. This is why Christ came. Have you lost sight of that goal? Have you lost sight of that joy? My heart's desire and prayer for you would be that concentrate, focus on this, and just let the joy that those shepherds had or had in that time, you know, encourage you to to lift you up and to encourage you again to renew that zeal. Let's not rush through the season again and miss the big picture here. We have the most precious gift ever given to us this time of the year. Let that be be a reflection to us daily of what it is that he's done for us. He has saved us from hell and is the advocate that stands before God, the advocate for us, on behalf of us, stands before the Father for us. Consider it pure joy. Consider the gift that was given. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you this morning. And Lord, as the songs that we've already sung displayed or illustrated what it is that you've done for us on the cross. And my prayer here this morning is for all of us that are here today that have maybe maybe gone astray or maybe have wandered away from the faith a bit or just find it maybe dull and boring. Lord, I pray this morning, let our hearts and minds just fixate on the gift that has been given to us and why, why that gift was given to us, Lord. From what you have saved us from, Lord. My prayer is this morning that for anyone that is here this morning that has not given their life to Christ, that has not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, May you do that today. Lord, we thank you for your precious gift for your son. And Lord, I pray again this morning, let our hearts be tuned in to the season, the real meaning of the season. And Lord, I pray that we will find joy and to complete that joy, may we spread that joy. I pray that that joy will be so contagious that we cannot keep it in. Thank you, Lord God, for your gift. Thank you, Lord God, for the season. Thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. And thank you, Lord God, for the grace that you so, so abundantly showed to us, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.